Anyway, 10 minutes in, yeah. we got to start the show. Um, Let's do it. Roll the intro <laughs> and go. So, hey, everyone. Happy Friday. I thought it was Monday. I'm joined with the one and only Jared Woodard. How's it going, man? Doing great, man. How you doing, Joel? I'm doing pretty good. I mean, life is actually pretty good. I've just, I got a little too much stuff in my on my plate for the next week. A lot too much stuff in my head right now. But if I take a step step back, life is actually pretty freaking amazing. And so, I um, I don't really have any complaints other than I wish I was more productive and efficient. But that's yeah. that's on me, and I will work on fixing that. But anyway, we have a good show for you guys today. Uh, as always, hit the like button. And subscribe and all that good stuff. I need to do a better job at like shilling, self shilling, and self promotion and stuff. So let's do, let's just do that. Um, if you have my NFT, which cool people do have them, you know it's it's hard to get. I mean, you can pay like basically a hundred bucks to get one, or you could be on the show. Uh, you could go into the digital cash rundown channel of my Discord and just type in super chats. And I encourage you to start thinking of stuff to say because this show will get away from us. Uh, quickly and yeah there we go well speaking of which we actually have a super chat waiting for us for right here um halawi says hi halawi oh what is the online resource for shadow banning searches open sourcing twitter was a great move yes open sourcing twitter was a great move um let me see if i can find the shadow banning um okay let me i'm gonna drop this in the um live chats and also on the discord um but it is it's shadowband.yuzuriza y-u-z-u-r-i-s-a.com that's the that's the the tool that people use for this kind of stuff um so let me just plug that in here there go. odyssey first why not um and into the um the youtube one and then I'm gonna tag Halali in the general and do it there. Yeah, so that's that's the an interesting thing. Um, yeah, but the open sourcing of the algorithm. Maybe before we do the first story, I should just say that that is um, that's a boss move, and mm-hmm. I wish it, it shows strength too because if you open source the Twitter algo, Twitter, Twitter algo is amazing it's not perfect it's far from perfect but mm-hmm. that's the biggest thing because i'm on all these alt channels like mastodon and stuff and the one thing that sucks is th- their algos just suck they just it's mm-hmm. all just like sequential follower whatever isn't an algo but the algo that just lets you that's the thing that's like what i do on twitter twitter is like 95 percent of my um knowledge of news like current events yeah. news knowledge of like t- crypto stuff and also my like authoritative stuff, like I'll see, you know, like Coinbase does an announcement that they're doing this thing, and I don't go to like some blog site or wherever, like Coin Blog, you go to Twitter. Like right there. And then there's people yeah. doing their takes. It's so letting anyone copy that is kind of dangerous. However, um, mm-hmm. I guess it it shows like, look, we're ready to compete. We're ready to actually be the best platform that has an algo with the best algo and just mm-hmm. the best user experience. So it all remains in how they do the Twitter blue stuff. Um, 
as a and apologies for this long annoying rant on this stuff but honestly no, hit it, man. the way I, I think that they should monetize is some semi like the twitch model where um you can where you just let people uh, monetize twitter for themselves like for example like anytime you hit a like you send them a little bit of money and then they, mm-hmm. and the twitter just takes takes a small small bit of the crypto or whatever you're sending and then mm-hmm. same thing is this especially works for like celebrities and stuff who like want to monetize their twitter yeah you can there's something on twitch called the troll toll which lets you set a price for a certain user to be able to interact with you and yep that's a genius move but i i think that there's a better like you could literally set a comment toll on your tweets because once you become famous enough then it's just like pay 50 cents to tweet oh we'll pay and then oh, take a piece no. of that give it to twitter that way individuals get to monetize their social reach without like shilling a newsletter some nonsense i and then absolutely love makes that. money yeah well I, and i love like that crypto makes this flexible and i've thought can about you, this for a can long you tweet time. at elon real quick tell him he's got to go listen to the show <laughs> bro we got some advice here <laughs> it's gold um, thank me later i'll take my cut in, in dogecoin whatever i i actually love it because it, it's also a great tool for moderation like I, i've moderated a bunch of channels and forums and, and discord servers and things like that and moderation it's a huge overhead thing and yeah. if you can say it costs like you can make people post a bond like 50 cents to leave a comment and they get it back after like a day or a week or something like that, whatever it is, if the comment doesn't get deleted or like, you know, something like that. And so, or, or if you don't have to, if a moderator doesn't have to come in and be like, bro, you're like, you're this yeah. is out of these rules you agreed to what you doing, you know? Yeah. Um, I moderate a few groups and it's, yep. it's really annoying because you know, everything. And I, I love the paid model in the sense that you will never, ever, 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 if in a free, where anyone can create an account and get, you know, relatively the same access, you're never going to know that you're dealing with legitimate people, somewhat legitimate people, or just like people, period, you know, Mm -hmm. just like, I know you've worked in crypto, I've worked in crypto, there are bots and trolls, and it's not just crypto, it's the internet in general, but there's a million sock accounts for every engineer, you know. And uh, it's just, it's whackable unless you, there's a price for interaction and for creating an account. Mm-hmm. So I, just, be- I don't think we're getting away from that. And look, it maps reality, you it know? Does. Yeah, that's a, the, the best thing about crypto monetization, tokenomics, all that is like the, the most important part of crypto other than making it work and be decentralized. But uh, yeah, we get away from ourselves a little bit. Let me. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're on, um, we got, we're saying too many positive things. This this is the hater talk today. All right. So the first one, um, (laughs) Michael Saylor is Michael Saylor. Let's just say that. (laughs) No, but he, so I I put up this tweet from, um, at don't trace me, bruh on Twitter. Um, he says, (laughs) which I'm just gonna, so the, the, I guess the headline part is Michael Saylor in some podcast appearances or whatever has been not only talking smack about gold. You know, but also defending the U.S. dollar and saying it can live work long term side by side with Bitcoin. Yeah. And so the, the the tweet from from Untraceable at Don't Trace Me Bro says Michael is the biggest cuck in Bitcoin. <laughs> he says gold is the enemy because gold is sovereign private money, not backed by a government, and doesn't collect taxes. 
you want the U.S. dollar to grow. He's putting a red flag after each of these. He doesn't want to upset the bankers. Red flag. Dismisses privacy. Wait, Sailor said you don't want gold. That gold is the enemy? Yes. That was supposedly a quote where he says... I have some strong feelings about this. Yes. (laughs) Please continue. (laughs) Because not backed by government and doesn't collect taxes. And he says, you want the U.S. dollar to grow. And okay. he doesn't want to set a bank, whatever. So there is the rot in Bitcoin is what this guy says. And I I don't think he's the rot. He's a good chunk of the rot. He's uh, chief, chief he's, rot. He's a symptom of it. I, I, I like, okay. Yeah. I, I've had my time with the Bitcoin maxis, you know, to where it's when I see the, when I see them criticizing crypto in general and distancing Bitcoin from crypto, it's like, buddy, you guys really need to keep your, your house clean instead mm-hmm. of more. And, and if it's you're not. focusing on, <laughs> if, I'm not, if, but if you're, yeah, if you're focusing more on crypto than fiat currency, you've lost the moral mission of Bitcoin, of crypto, those things in general. And if you're not wed to that, I could care less. I, I'm not interested in, in what you do, what you're doing, what you got going on. If, if that's like that's, Crypto started in a philosophical moral movement uh, with recognizing the ev- the inherent evil of fiat. Not just like it's a bad idea. No, it requires evil to exist. Mm-hmm. Period. Uh, and so, and then Bitcoin has gotten away from that at least enough to where someone like Sailor is a big name champion, you know, championed thing. And I I would really like to see that change. So that's what I'm like, hey. You guys, y'all made this bed. You made this situation where you've got someone like Sailor rising up and speaking for you now and changing the narrative of what Bitcoin is for. That it's, oh, it's going to back dollars, you know. Yeah, and the so. thing with Sailor in particular, uh, first of all, um, I call him the uh, I call him the CEO of Bitcoin because people keep saying <laughs> Bitcoin has no CEO. And I'm just like, oh, sure, it's Sailor, which is... A, a jokey troll, but there's a little bit of truth to that where like somehow this jackass is like the figurehead for the whole thing. People are like, who cares who this like ugly dude going like this in a chair all the time has to say? Like, I don't care. Well, okay, so now he uh he, he had brought some some valuable insight into some aspects of it, you know, pointing out some flaws in gold. It's great to listen to some argument. He did a debate with some guy about gold, and it was great to listen to that uh, makes some good points and stuff like that. Uh, but where he loses me is not recognizing the evils of fiat, the evil of fiat, you know, and, and being, oh, if you don't recognize that in the long enough timeline, we're just going to be enemies, you know, eventually anyways. And, and now I risk, and, and any crypto should always be worried about this, getting corrupted, captured by the state. That's always been a long conversation in crypto from the early, early days. Like, how does it get corrupted and captured by the state? And the sailor path is ostensibly one. Now, I'm not an all-knowing genius, and there could be a great argument to say that uh, having a fiat-backed, uh, or sorry, having a Bitcoin-backed fiat is like some acceptable stepping tone, this step, yeah, stepping stone in compromise in getting to where we want to go. I, I'm, I'm open to hearing that argument, I'm skeptical because how often has the political compromise worked out for us in the long run? They take it, they take it, they take it, they take it. The state grows and grows and grows like this beast is addicted to the power it has like cocaine and it just snorts itself, snorts it yeah. up till it blows up. You know? Well, that's the thing. Oh. And, 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 sorry, and a note, 
political power is more addictive than cocaine. Yes, absolutely. I, I, I need to I need to find the psychology paper that, that referenced that and made that claim, but uh, I, I recall that and just I'll call me and I'll back it up. You know, hit me up on Twitter. I'll go find the paper. Yeah, well, <laughs> uh, just don't snort it. But um, the thing is, this fellow. So first of all. You know, you remember the whole like attack on Bitcoin meme, like everything's an attack on Bitcoin, you know, according to some maxis. Sailor yeah. is a definite attack on Bitcoin because he's taken it in this weird direction where it's just all, first of all, it's all like fluff, not principles, like weird cyber hornets and all this nonsense. But then, mm. so homeboy, first off, he buys a ton of this stuff and we'll get to that later. But then mm. all he cares about is it goes up and gets more dollars. And that's why he wants fiat to continue because he's, he's not in it for him. It's just, this is an asset that can just grow. It's like a new gold that I can hold on to and it goes up in value and I get more fiat out of it. And he doesn't want to disrupt the, the, the powers that be for such a smack talking, you know, like, Oh my God, like there's only, there's no second best like that whole nonsense. But then he wants to coexist with fiat is, is, All it's, right. It, it's very yes. um. It's very telling about his true motivations. That this is not a guy who wants crypto for whatever reason, for any kind of intended purpose of like freedom. He just sees this is a valuable thing, and I'm just gonna pump it, and so I can get more dollars. And that's about it. Yes. Well said. Well said. He absolutely does not recognize the moral evil of the state and of fiat, and and that it does. If he can, he can't tolerate the like. There is no second best in terms of like mm-hmm. other cryptos or gold or anything like that. Uh, and don't get me wrong, I'm not a gold bug, but uh, somehow he can tolerate fiat. I explain thyself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So this brings us to the next story in the very same type of thing. MicroStrategy adds another 1,045 Bitcoin to its growing crypto treasury. I bet he got triggered by the fact they call it <laughs> crypto treasury. MicroStrategy buys another 1,045 Bitcoin for 29.3 million, taking its total holdings to 140,000 Bitcoin, worth 12.6 billion. So that's a lot of stuff. And before kind of giving any of my takes on this, um, Toby Cunningham from um, Crypto Twit, Crypto Tips, or at Sir Crypto Tips, tweet. He says, um, "Sailor owns one out of every 150 Bitcoin now. If you think that's bullish, you don't understand Bitcoin." No. Yeah, okay, I, I, I have less less. Of, I, I I find it hard to be upset about that. I don't know what like. Is it the whole proposition of the proof of proof of work model and stuff like that that it doesn't matter how much Bitcoin someone has that they can't change things they can't control the narrative and stuff like that but and anything they just have more of a, an investment in keeping it sound you know uh, and at the same token I'm one of those people where I don't okay. see it as an inherent inherent problem <laughs> I'm one of those people who don't see it as an inherent problem for proof of stake I'm not. I don't hate proof of stake and I don't see it as a terrible thing that a minority of people can have the majority of, you know, the token, the coin, you know, whatever it is. If it's my, it's a moral thing. Is it voluntary? That's the first question. 
you know? Yeah. That's the first question. Well, that's a, that's the real thing with this thing is it's, this is the trickier part of it, right? Is, um, Mm -hmm. anyone should be able to own any crypto they want. There's data. That's not a problem. Um, Mm -hmm. and proof of work in particular is much less vulnerable to consensus issues because someone's a large holder. So it's, it's not really a problem at the same time where it's not necessarily a good thing is, um, you don't, it's, it helps to not have a single, like super rich actor owning a big piece of this stuff for, you know, in, in the case of something like Bitcoin, which, where it doesn't really factor into consensus, it does mm-hmm. factor into, uh, into market manipulation, maybe of like when to buy and sell and like, does he, can he pump it and dump it and stuff like that? So in that case, it's not like, it's not like the greatest thing, but like, I don't, the only thing to that me, makes... it, it, it's more of a due diligence thing. You yeah. need to watch that person, be really invested in their interests, their integrity, their investments, stuff like that, and and look at like, you know, look at what it would cost them to like mess it up and things like that. And, and that should ostensibly open, open information. And you, as an individual, should own doing that due diligence. You know that that kind of stuff. But there, it it uh, it could entirely be the, the the case that this one person is like we were talking about that earlier um it's a minority of people that are obscenely productive and and, and that, that like create vast amounts of wealth and stuff like that yeah and so and, and so like yeah. for example um in the in the thread um someone responded and said nobody should own that much bitcoin to which toby wow. answered i mean it's a free market but this definitely could <laughs> present some dangers down the line and yeah i mean that's it's really just like one thing that it, it kind of makes me nostalgic back to the days when people cared about centralization vectors, where they're just like, does, does, you know, are, is, are the mining pools too concentrated? And, oh, are there too many of them in China? Well, what about this thing? And what about too much of the money in the rich list? Oh, this is a shit coin because it has like too much of like 12% of it is all owned by the foundation or something. And now it's like yeah. our standards these days, I wouldn't say our standards because that's not true, yeah. but the standards of newer projects where it's like pre-mine investor, like investor only this stuff, ICOs, like all that stuff is just so common these days. No one cares. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the reasons why people care so much about Bitcoin is that it has a a relatively well-distributed supply and the super whale, the founder, is just like probably dead or gone. Otherwise, just, just not in the picture. And so it's like, oh, if this is still kicking, we don't have this giant vulnerability. And so I guess what people, that's why I call Sayer the CEO of Bitcoin, because mm-hmm. first off, he's speaking as if he is. And like, yeah. who cares what you have to say, right? But he's speaking as if he is, and he has a ton of the money, and he's kind of assumed mm-hmm. that sort of a role. So, like, honestly, um, I don't, I, I guess I slightly disagree with Toby on this thing, where I, I don't really see it as that big of a problem when you think about it. It's yeah. it's just the problem is what it the problem is the attitude surrounding it where it's like yeah. MicroStrategy owns oh they they own so much Bitcoin it's like well it sh- we should celebrate when other when you don't know who owns all the Bitcoin right because it's distributed and then it's more mm-hmm. now he has authority to speak on behalf of Bitcoin that's the big big problem is that that perception it's not him actually buying as much bitcoin as he wants he can do that if he wants 
No, 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 because, uh, well, A, microstrategy onto the Bitcoin, not necessarily say, or blah, blah, blah. That's a, that's a hint over there, or that's a little, little thing. But also, uh, one of the most authoritative people on Bitcoin back in the day was Andrew Santanopoulos. And come to find out, he had very little Bitcoin, but he could speak very competently about it. Now, this was a better, this was a, a higher integrity, higher standard marketplace back in the day, because we still had the, uh, the outlier people you know, who are interested, you know, and now and this is the price of broader adoption uh, and getting more people involved and a symptom of uh, like more left leaning kind of socialist philosophy out there in society, where it's like someone has a lot of money, that's bad, or that person doesn't need that money or something like that. When the question should be asked, how did they get the money? Did they do it morally? Did they violate a, a universal moral law, rape, theft, murder, you know, uh, coercion, any of those things, fraud? You know, if they didn't do those things and they did that and they got that much money, that's a that's a representation of how much value they brought to society. And we should celebrate that, you know. Yeah. So that's to me. I, I don't care how much money someone has. I want to know how they got it. Yeah, that's what that's what speaks, speaks to me. Yeah, as far as like where, like how much money, how much of a certain asset this one company or entity owns, um, mm -hmm. like if Binance owns like a third of the circulating supply of something or other, it just, it tends to just not be a good sign, but it's not like, it's not like it's bad in and of itself. It just, the better sign is always to see better distribution and more actors rather than just like the one guy you see on tv all the time talking about it have it but like the the thing is how much they own is it's it's such a weird almost red herring right it's all the stuff the first part we we're covering about this asshole right that's the stuff <laughs> that's the problem but then people are like well he owns too much bitcoin it's like well that means he can maybe dump and manipulate the market a little bit but like it's not as it's not like this the first part yeah. um let me see. We got a yeah. super chat from, oops, I hit the wrong button, from Halawi. He said, um, uh, Sailor is just an old guard fiat-focused business guy with some level of awakening. We shouldn't expect him to be much more than that given his background. He's just shilling his investment and is just something we'll see more of. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that take, but at the same time, hey, let's call a spade a spade, you know. Mm -hmm. Let him do his thing. Um. Let me just make sure I didn't miss another. Yep, that's, that's what we said. All right, let's switch gears to, guess what, Ethereum. So I just posted this, like, you know, five days countdown to the Shanghai upgrade, which uh, expected date April 12th, which would, from my understanding, enable mm -hmm. withdrawals from staking. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I... I am not very educated on hotter Ethereum, I mean, semi, but like not very. And I do have some <laughs> some takes on this, but I would I'd love to let you go first to just have a little bit more of a, a realistic take. I'm a little more familiar with with Ethereum now than I was a month or two ago because I came from the Tezos ecosystem that was much much more familiar with. Um, I guess, and, and when they made the upgrade to proof of stake, like it took them so long. I remember like working at Coinbase in 2017 and them coming and giving like a, a presentation on how they were going to prove the stake in 2017. 
So by like 2022, I'm like, I'll believe it when I see it, <laughs> you know, but the, pardon me, they actually did achieve it. They got to proof of stake. And um, so I, my, the credibility is good right now. If they don't enable that feature, it's going to be really bad. Um, if people are looking at like market movements based on whether it actually works, I, I don't know. And not that I'm the best indicator or guesser of the way the market moves, but uh, I can see it having little to no effect on the price. Yeah. Yeah. Um, generally speaking, I mean, I think it's a good, uh, it's a good thing when something like this happens, they you, know, you get the next level of things. However, mm -hmm. What I don't get is, first of all, how someone could consider proof of stake released if you can't get the money out. Like, obviously, like I think it's it's so. First off, I think it's. Um, I didn't realize this until after it was out that like they yeah. had the withdrawal code written, and it's you just, like you take take it for granted that like of course yeah. you don't ship if you can't withdraw. <laughs> like what? <laughs> yeah, and that, that's the thing is like, first off, like how is that considered? complete i mean it did work right it worked it transitioned it's mm -hmm. fine um but then the other thing is who the hell is going to be staking if they just some like it's not even like you're giving it to coinbase and you're hoping they'll give it back to you and the government won't take it from you through them or something mm -hmm. No, it's just like they don't even know how to give it back to you <laughs> i'm just like oh no like the yeah. i have to say like in my opinion, once withdrawals are enabled, maybe I don't have a very educated opinion on this. Let me just say, but the, my, my first thought is I think that the demand for staking is going to go significantly up because the people who are staking so far were just either like morons who, you know, there's morons, right? Or people that just were like, you know, what, I'm taking a calculated risk. I know that there's a possibility I'm not getting this out, but I'm, but I probably will. I trust the ETH does. I'm willing to bet on it. So I'm going to throw money mm -hmm. in it and just get that early mover advantage in exchange mm -hmm. for my risk tolerance, right? And so mm -hmm. now that the risk tolerance is not there, I think some people are expecting, oh, now that they've enabled withdrawals, people are going to get their money out and dump. I don't think so. Mm -hmm. I think more is going to go in. I think a few are going to withdraw just to see if it works. But then for the most part, it's just going to have more people in. But yeah, it is crazy to me that's like, it's just like you ship a car that doesn't have yeah. like like you 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 buy a Tesla, and it doesn't <laughs> have a stop function, like it doesn't have a turn off function, and you're hoping it's going to be coded. You're like, ah, I got a road trip, three hour road trip. They're going to ship the update en route. It's just like, yeah. no, no. <laughs> They're going to ship the update en route. But this is another thing. Like, I think it's easy for us to forget that we're mm. outliers, and most people frankly, have very low standards, you know, uh, mm -hmm. I, I, I could, I could not have imagined and don't get me wrong when I'm saying I'm, I'm, I'm a market, I'm a capitalist, I'm a marketeer, like the market knows. And so most people are also the market and, or at least most people that aren't, you know, immediately in an act of violence are the market. Um, they, uh, it, it just amazes me that, that people would jump into these projects and, they, they, like you said, that don't have just basic uh, staking you know, withdrawal feature enabled. I, I, just, I could not have, I could not have imagined that that would have been proposed, and and that everyone would have been like, all right, yay. But also at the same time, most people are also like 
they choose a state. They choose to have a state. You know, they elect to keep having one over and over again, implicitly or explicitly. And so that tells me where most people are at, where their standards are at. And yeah. so, you know. It also, like, it gives me... So my background, right? I come from, first off, the Bitcoin world from 2012, 2013 onward, right? And then mm-hmm. 2016... I got mostly into the Dash world, but you could say Bitcoin Cash too when it came around. And then, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, Zcash, some of that, but like the, those old school UTXO chains that yeah. have that same foundation as Bitcoin, but in some cases improved upon the design a little bit. Or, you mm-hmm. know, some people might not think it's an improvement, but whatever. Uh, basically did that. So these standards that people like, Ethereum is definitely. It's like the duality, like the yin and the yang of like Bitcoin and Ethereum. Bitcoin's old, stable, principled. Ethereum's like modern, risky, go figure anything out kind of thing as far as like <laughs> ethos. And so those are both very important ethos to have. I, I just think it's, it's crazy because my exposure to staking, right, or something like that mm-hmm. is through like the Dash Masternode system where you prove you have a and the way that works on a technical level is you have a thousand units of dash in a like in a single UTXO, right? You send it to a like an address. You have a thousand units of dash <clears> in there, and then you just run a node from that. And so it's literally your money in your wallet, including your hardware wallet, cold storage, whatever. And you just prove you sign a trans sign to prove that you own that mm-hmm. that money, and then you get to run a node and get get money for it. And so that's that's like the staking thing. It's like super radical self-custody hard you know all that kind of stuff there's never any risk and then so first of all when with ethereum staking to even have to withdraw from staking there's no such thing as withdrawing from like dash staking you just if you move your collateral then the node goes down yeah that's it but it's it's just money you have but also slashing people have gotten (laughs) slashed for you know, I just accidentally already, but like if they behave maliciously or whatever, um, mm-hmm. like someone's like node had some like weird configuration. They just got slashed and like lost. They can like the Oof. network steals your money. And with something like the dash system, you, that doesn't happen. You just, it's your money for freaking ever. And it's just, yeah. it's like it, the idea that you would put money in a slashable system where they don't even know how to get it out is I, I respect it. I just, it's a culture shock for me. Well, I, I wouldn't say it's stealing because look, if you, you yeah. agree to the terms and you, you yeah, know, all that, it takes that stuff, it. or you choose not to like, you chose not to be educated about what was going on there, you know? And, and so, but again, that just like highlights like how, like people, how risky people are willing to be, which I can kind of sympathize with based on like how risky the market, like the legacy finance world already is. People are desperate to get out of that so much, they will take these obscene risks. Mm-hmm. Um, now, with something like Tezos, uh, you had staking, but it was always liquid. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. you would, you would, you would send a command on chain that said, "Hey, I'm, you know, staking for the network now," but you could move your money at any time. There was no like, I need to withdraw, you know, my money from something. And 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 yes, there was a you could get technically slashed, but what what you had a system where when you're proving a block or you're validating a block, you put a bond on chain for so much time. And if 
come to find out you did something naughty, then your bond is forfeit, you know, but like you have to have some kind of economic, you know, incentive structure there. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. And it just, it, it's kind of crazy because I think like there's, um, obviously Bitcoin comes from like a cypherpunk ethos and a lot of the early coins are trying to compete on that stage at least they're like these are the rules set for what makes a good crypto therefore we're going to at least pay lip service to them ethereum kind of was a little bit brave new worldy just like just new stuff and so and a lot of those ethereum successors or inheritors or children or whatever you want to call it had like a much looser grasp on this kind of stuff while being much more innovative innovative in other ways and i think at some point there's going to be like a a a return to cypherpunk principles. And so what I mean by that in a few things, right? So for example, ThorChain, I love ThorChain, it's great. I love the Maya network, which was a fork of ThorChain that launched. Um, some people are calling the, I guess the liquidity provision, the savings account thing that they provide, which I think is also awesome. They're calling it non-custodial staking, which is not true. And I'm, I understand why you say that because your private keys move money into this vault, this big mm. network run vault. And your private keys by like signing a transaction gets it out. So in that way it's non-custodial, but it is still in a collective like big old multi-sig thingy that if mm. there's a code, ex code exploit and there have been during the chaos net, like live test, like real funds test net in the day, if there are yeah. next points, that money gets stolen, right? Like that, so it's not, non-custodial but like it's it might as well be by today's standards but by old school <laughs> standards it, it is definitely not and the same thing goes for like like bitcoin and the utxo model and then i as i said a million times when i first got an hd wallet i didn't understand what those were and i got mad that i kept getting a new address i wanted to use the old one like i didn't get how that worked but like yeah. the privacy of that then even there's a very strong bitcoin privacy movement even today where you have like, mm -hmm. you know, Sparrow Wallet and um, Samurai Wallet and the Ronin Node and all this kind of stuff. And just like, mm -hmm. there's just, it's really vibrant. Um, and then you have like, oh yeah, Polygon where, you know, again, buy my NFT on Polygon, by the way, I have a few. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, it's mm -hmm. like a five of eight multi-sig. And because yeah. it's like Ethereum based, it's just like your your address shows you everything all your nfts all your like all your money all your transaction mm -hmm. history everything you've done it's just like super public and it's a privacy nightmare which is why i love yeah. projects like railgun which you could kind of use on top of that to do like zero knowledge you know privacy on top of polygon and ethereum mm -hmm. and stuff for an extra fee of course but like but mm -hmm. I, that's what i'm saying is the whole like the whole cypherpunk ethos type thing i think needs to come back in a big way because um and i, I to a certain extent yeah. I, I understand that level of criticism for things like ethereum or skepticism the problem mm -hmm. is the, the bitcoin cypherpunk ethos seems to have translated into well only as like purism as far as the chain is concerned but therefore legacy custodial services are all okay and that's just like, mm, I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, legacy custodial services are okay. That's, I mean, I don't, I don't want to seem like uh, sound like dour or negative on that. It'd be like a, a, a black pill on that, but it's like, 
that's kind of where the market's at. And that's to me where I spend some of my time, you know, philosophically trying to make, make the case, you know, for people to have higher moral standards and stuff like that, or to have an idea of like, well, what's at stake here and stuff. I, I think that requires a larger philosophical, uh, Mm -hmm. I guess enlightening or raising of standards, you know, in society to get people to care about those things. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And I, I think that, um, as I've mentioned plenty of times before, I think principles are like low time preference type things. It's like investment where investing sucks because you just put money that you can't touch mm -hmm. and it doesn't do anything for you. But then like mm -hmm. a few years from now, investing is awesome. You know, because now you have money. Like, yeah, I, it's like I, I agree. It definitely is a low time preference thing, but it's, it's worth it. It does pay yeah. off. It's like pay me now or pay me later. Like, you know, and I get you know everyone's got different circumstances and stuff like that. Some people have more time to invest in these things than other, but you know. Yeah, and so what I view these principles, by the way, I view these mm -hmm. principles as investments where we do things the cypherpunk way or whatever because we're ready for the coming tyranny. And so in that way, it's not it's not just like a, a misalignment. I don't even view it as like a misalignment of principles between some aspects of the, the world and the crypto world and others. I just view mm -hmm. it as different time preference. Whereas like right now, no one is tracking like your personal life through your NFT address. Not really. They just see if you have a valuable collection if they know who you are they might like you know stick you up if they meet you in public or whatever but that's about mm -hmm. the only risk it's not like okay your your title to your house is in your nft wallet your um your mm -hmm. medical records are in your nft wallet. all that stuff oh, and then now when people know it's it's horrendous so these principles yeah. in my view like privacy for example and decentralization are all there as an investment to where you're doing stuff that doesn't make sense today but it makes sense in the future. And what I believe that means is someday the short time preference person will be all about those because they aren't today, <laughs> but, but it, it'll yeah. happen when it literally makes today sense to do these things. And then they're going to be dumping their, their centralized nonsense and be going for like the mm -hmm. decentralized stuff because that's literally what works today. Well, and that's, I, I'm with you on that. And that's why I made the choice to get into the crypto industry and learn what I could. Uh, because I know that it, it's coming anyway. It's going to be a necessity anyway. Like it's crypto's not going away. It's here to stay. Period. I don't care what states do. Um, not to say they can't, you know, have have an effect, but the crypto's going to be here in some way. And mm -hmm. I'm already familiar with those tools. So when it gets to the point where every company's banging down the door to to figure this stuff out, I know how to help. You know, that's a valuable skill. Yeah, even if you, you understand basic things of like uh, how seed phrases and HD wallets work and things like that, I, it sounds complicated. It, it you know find the right person to break it down in a simple way. It's it is quite understandable. Yeah, yeah. and like I'm in the um, the VPN and Tor era as well. Writing a note through yeah. Tor and using VPNs for stuff, and it's daunting at first but then you, you just like click a couple buttons before doing stuff and then it's not that hard once you get get into it right about like yeah. oh i'm just gonna have a vpn app it's like how does that work whatever once you set it up on your phone you use your yeah. vpn now it's fine you just go back yeah. the way 
I left um, whatever. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah well, just um, interesting. So he'll always throw out a um, super chat, and then we'll hit the last last story yeah. up here. Um, he says, "Have you seen this Wall Street Journal article? It's paywalled." And then he posts this link to this, and he says. Um, the Burge, there's a quote from the article. It says, The burgeoning decentralized cryptocurrency market threatens U.S. national security and needs greater oversight and enforcement against money laundering, the U.S. Treasury Department said Thursday. The warning in a new Treasury report assessing the risk of so-called DeFi markets lays the foundation for tougher regulations and punitive action by federal agencies. In other words, if you're due in DeFi, incorporate in the Cayman Islands or whatever, the rest of us use a freaking VPN. <laughs> and that's it. Like, Okay, so I recently helped out uh, someone with a Bitcoin presentation, and we mm -hmm. went into this. And the disparity between how much money is laundered in legacy finance versus, uh, I, I forget it was just Bitcoin or all cryptos together. Let's say it was just Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. uh, was something like, it was a range, uh, Let's see. It was like three hundred billion a year. It's like a hundred billion to three hundred billion a year was the high and the low range estimated for legacy finance. We're talking about the normal banking system, and and for Bitcoin it was like thirty billion, I think. So we're talking like less than a percent comparison. And this is a case I've been making up and down for a while now is legacy finance needs to catch up to the integrity of crypto, not the other way around. You can actually edit crypto. You can actually hold the people that are like writing the code and things like that and using it. You can actually have some influence on that. Um, and you can choose amongst you know many options. You've got actual free choice there. Uh, and on top of that, sorry for a bit of a tangent, but like, okay, you remember li the library case? You remember how yeah, they, they came, I forget this, this term, where it was like they had to make sure the wrongdoer couldn't profit, so they wanted to like basically destroy the company uh, mm -hmm. and, and, and make, to, got to claw all this money out of the situation. But then you find all and all the time, like mm -hmm. banks across the world get caught for like 270 you know million dollars or billion dollars or whatever sorry I, i'm just throwing yet numbers they, out there they get, yet they profit they get yes they get like oh 10, 10 million dollar penalty when you've laundered you help launder like 400 million dollars or something like that it's like what a joke come on we live in a parallel legal system Clown <laughs> world. yeah 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 yep. um definitely i was saying one last thing on that Yes. yes, they're they're absolutely going to attack crypto by saying it's a threat to national security. That's just that's not news. That's that's just it's gonna it, yeah that, that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, and maybe my optimistic take I don't know, but like my my take on that is it's not going to get that much. Like some company, like a lot of companies are going to offshore for sure, and some things are going to get harder. I don't really see it being that much of a big problem. Um, I don't think this is like the the, when we had the like cypherpunk like wet dreams about like oh they're gonna come after us and we'll be like back alley dealing like all this like <laughs> I don't think that's gonna happen at all I mm -hmm. I just think it's gonna be tricky for U.S. companies U.S. companies are gonna hate it they're gonna leave the U.S. right and yeah. I think that also we're in end of empire vibes you know yeah. a bit more of a political comment than a crypto comment we're in end of empire vibes no, wait, that's and the truth. it's I. 
I don't think I don't think that the current administration. I'm not just saying the president, but like the current structure. Like ever since you know the Twitter files and everything else came out and all this stuff, I don't think that's gonna. There's gonna be a big pendulum swing the other way. A lot of politicians mm-hmm. are gonna become elected who are more, much more pro crypto. But of course, they can't be 100% pro crypto. So there's going to be some extra annoying regulations. But I, I think we're going to be okay. That's mm, yes. my feeling. Um, let's wrap up with this Apple thing because I, it's kind of like super irrelevant, but it's kind of quite relevant too, right? Bitcoin white paper yeah. is apparently hiding in Apple's modern Mac OS. Apple's Mac devices have apparently been hiding Bitcoin's white paper for up to five years. So I'm sure you saw this. Uh, the story here, right? Um, mm-hmm. Where, yeah, the Bitcoin white paper has been shipped with every copy of macOS since Mojave in 2018. So, what's your your hot take on that? I don't get why it's news. Not that I don't mean that in any kind of like anti-Bitcoin way, but it's like let's not forget that for a long time, people there was a period where people were breaking their uh, their Apple phones because they had banned crypto Bitcoin wallets back in the crypto wallets and things like that. Like Man, there, there that's was, how you, that's how you know. You remember you're, that? That's how you know you're long on the tooth in this space because no one knows that. No one. <laughs> no knows one remembers that. that. Yeah. Well, no. Apple is still. I, I talk to developers building wallets. Apple is still very yep. crypto uh, hostile. And so personally, I don't know why people t- I actually I do know why, because I talked to engineers and they they appreciate how quick uh, Apple takes care of security stuff and keeps it up to date. Mm-hmm. I can appreciate that. I, I, I'm, I'm an anti Apple individual myself. So uh, I'm like, eh. and, well, and, and mainly like because eh, Apple, it's a walled garden and it's so incredibly anti crypto. But I'm like, bah. you know, yeah. It's pretty crazy. Um, having it everywhere, I mean, it's it's kind of like a, a throwaway. It's like it doesn't really matter, but it just yeah. it does kind of point to the permanence of this in the space right now. To where it, it it's becoming very fashionable. We're hitting this time when to have a when crypto in general, but specifically Bitcoin, because that's like the standard bigger as far as the. I don't think it's a standard bear as far as the crypto ecosystem, but is anymore. I think Ethereum has kind of taken that number one spot. But as far as like the the um, logo, as far as the the ideal, as, as far as like the top of mind awareness and branding, Bitcoin's very strongly number one. And mm-hmm. now it's it's hit to the point where people who like it's kind of like when like Elon when he he was just some billionaire at one point. <laughs> and then he got, and he was like, oh, he's the guy who's into like SpaceX and Tesla and stuff like that. And, oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. But like, still, it's like some people had stuff to say about him. Then he hit into that mega public sphere area where just well, like, he started, yeah. like, same with Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan was just like a, a dude with a podcast that some people knew about. But then when he hit where now everyone says something about him. And so mm-hmm. it's the same thing with Bitcoin. Like Greenpeace is doing their, their skull thing. And then like Sailor, oh, Bitcoin, this and that. And then like, then now you have like the governments can't stop talking about it. I don't know what they're going to do, but they can't stop talking about it. And of course, now it's like it's referenced. The white paper is referenced in the Apple code or whatever. It's just it's just another it's another. The message doesn't mean anything. It's just a, a greater part of the evidence of uh, crypto is at top of mind awareness for the planet. Yeah, it's yeah, uh, I absolutely agree. It, 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 it does show some of the times 
Uh, I'm, I'm curious to see if Apple doesn't rip it out, <laughs> you know, once now that it's like a, a public conversation, uh, commentary, but who knows, or if it's just like quietly disappeared. But, mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So it's wrap up time. Um, I don't see anyone else typing in the super chat, so I might as well do that. Um, thanks very much for being on. This has been a good time. Uh, always a good time, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, shill o'clock. Oh, look, the time. Oh. Shill o'clock. <laughs> uh, what, do you, what do you want to shill? Oh, okay. Well, uh, as I kind of mentioned earlier, I, I helped uh, Stefan Molyneux make these two Bitcoin presentations. It'd be awesome mm-hmm. to go check out. As everyone could tell from this, uh, this conversation, I am not a uh, Bitcoin maxi, you know, but I, I'm like a, I'm a moral maxi. And Bitcoin is absolutely better than fiat. Uh, and so I'd love, I don't, I don't care which one wins as long as fiat doesn't, is, mm-hmm. is my, my case. Fiat and minimalist. So, and like, look, and it's, it, there's a lot of great points in there that for general, like crypto, you know, a lot of it's Bitcoin specific, but a lot of the points in there translate to everything else. A, a good one I was just thinking about was that uh, when we worry about states banning crypto, let's not forget that they couldn't, they can't keep drugs out of prison. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Before you know, and, and, and look at well, look at the rife black markets in uh, in the the communist states and stuff like that. You know. Yeah, and you're before you know it, you're gonna have um, Hunter Biden smoking crack out of a trezor or something. Or <laughs> that's whatever. probably a meme somewhere. <laughs> if not now, it's going to be. Um, everyone go on Mid Journey and have it whip you up an AI image real quick. Um, Okay. All right. Fantastic stuff. Thanks everyone for watching. I'll see you guys next week. Uh, Don't forget that um, your phone is spying on you. Um, Not your keys, not your cheese. Taxation is theft. I will see you guys around. Bye-bye guys. Thanks for having me, Joel. (laughs) Bye-bye.